here we are, as part of our continuing look back on 2017, the year that was. Last time we talked about the best television shows of the uh -huh. year. Next time we talk about the best movies of the year. Wow. What fits in between those two things, Ronald? What could we possibly be doing with a whole episode between best television shows and best movies of 2017? An educated guest would tell me the worst. The worst. The worst movies of 2017. <laughs> it's a tradition. But why do we do this, Steve? Why the negative energy? Um, I kind of feel like we do it so then we can appreciate how good the next episode, yeah. the movies on the next episode will be, which which will hopefully be our best of the year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also, it's very important to pay attention to um, really bad products mm -hmm. and like acknowledging them and make sure people know about them and doing our due diligence to uh, hopefully... I don't know. Some of these movies are so bad that maybe you want to see them still. Yeah. Just to experience what happened. Like, what happened? Like, I'm asking you what happened. <laughs> right. um, but, yeah, you know, it's also fun just to kind of be able to talk about experiences, like, you know, movies that you either, that genuinely, like, were supposed to be really good, mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm, something mm -hmm, happened. Mm -hmm, but, but in my opinion, it's really just so that we can, you know, kind of just lick our lips and get ready for, like, the best <laughs> movies of the year. You know, just go right. over the spectrum it's a little bit of venting maybe yeah. and it's a little bit of for me this year especially these almost all of them were movies that had a shot at being something good ah did you think this was a good year for your worst ronald or was it was it hard to find your worst this was a particularly interesting one because some of them are so hard to describe just the way that they are that i don't know man i definitely this is a this had a ton, 2017 had a bunch of shitty movies, so mm -hmm. I'm ready to talk about them. BT Dubs, you're listening to Movie Smoothie this episode too. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> I like how we just got into yeah. it. Get it. Just in case anyone's listening and they're wondering who's John, who's Steve, who's Ronald, John sounds like this. Steve sounds like this. And I sound like this. There you go. I being the other <laughs> not named person. Yes. Ronald. That was Ronald. Yeah. Um, too often when a movie's very hard to describe, Someone someone in a studio marketing department says, you know what, let's just market it like a horror film. Let's just market it like a drama when it isn't a drama. Or you can combine the two. And we have one with an exclamation mark in it. And that is, mother. <laughs> so, Wait, so that's your dramatic reading of the title? <laughs> mother. That was more like, mother. Mother. Yeah. I was like... <laughs> Look, I, I, this movie, so I'm not, I try not to argue about marketing, man, but this movie into the third act becomes almost like you're doing some sort of hallucinogen. It's a, it's an allegory for, you know, we can have a bunch of theories in the same way that this could be in the, the worst. This could also maybe be in the top 10. This is on a lot of people's best of lists. I know. And I think it's on mine because my worst, and it could also be on my best. Get out of here. It was marketed. Don't say that. I'm Did so you see serious, it? man. No, no, no. No, it was marketed very strangely. And then when you see what it is, seriously, when you see what it is, it is very hard to get through. Yeah. It gets, it gets fucking, I mean, think about all the movies that he's done, man. I'm good with them. Yeah. This gets fucking weird man like 
it, it turns into a CGI fest. Like they're humans in it. Mm-hmm. That are fine for the first two acts, and then the people the that are listening act, didn't see the little hand and shoulder dance that Ronald just did to indicate he, humans. It's a I don't know that that was a very human move. Two people in it, and it turns into a CGI. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Yes. A CGI fest two for the last CGI half an hour fest. of it. Yeah. The last half, like fifty people on screen. Yeah. I don't know what's happening in it. It is a very hard movie to watch towards the end, but I get. But it could also be on my best. Get out of here. I'm, t- I'm so serious, here. man. You look I, confused. It I, is. A... I think the reason why, why I I understand what's what he's saying is having seen it, it is it is going for something. It is trying. You saw so, it? Yeah, it's really oh, going okay. for something. It's an interesting conversation that you could have after watching this movie. Yeah. That almost has nothing yeah. to do with whether you found it tolerable in the least. But it is a long, kind of demanding movie. It's very much in close up. It stays on this character. The situation involves. It goes through a couple of different versions of a more interesting movie, I think, than yes. what it ends up being. Yes. Um, I, I actually do find the kind of home invasion of just people showing up in your house and acting like they have a right to be there. I do think that that idea is creepy. But the movie has a, like a, a really tortured uh, uh, religious allegory on its mind. Yeah. And that's where it goes in the end. And it is very pretentious. Oh. And it's very full of itself in that in that Aronofsky kind of yeah. way. So it does have that. It's a you almost want to tip your hat to it because it is a movie about ideas and it is a movie that no one else would make right now. But on the other hand, it's a movie that no one else would fucking make. It's because, jarring, man. <laughs> because no one else is Darren Aronofsky, and and I really think that comes with a, a real negative baggage <clears throat> to me sometimes too. Yeah. The the guy who thinks he's doing something really deep. You think you know? I have no interest. But you have no idea. I don't care, man. I I, I honestly was never intrigued by this okay. to yeah. see the film. Okay, good. And after hearing like, yeah, I pretty much understand what the movie's about, but like, no interest. You think you do. You, no, no, even I, when you read it. Even when you read it. No, I'm, I, Steve, even when you read it. I'm pretty you sure. You have no I'm pretty fucking sure I know idea. what's going on. When you see what happens. Okay. You can read it. You can say, okay, this is the allegory about A, B, and C. You have, it, it gets so wild yeah. that you cannot predict mm-hmm. some of the things that happen in this movie, right. man. It is that nuts. It's. Somebody told me what it was, what it was about. I saw it and I still could not have guessed. Okay, I'm, I'll done. Just, I'll I'm just, done talking about I'm it. I'm going to keep going on and just living my life. Mother! That one. Okay. <laughs> okay. Without that one. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, my first pick is uh, The Book of Henry. Uh, <laughs> Colin Trevorrow's. Uh, we, can, uh, we can team yeah, up we'll tag, on this one. Tag team yes. on this okay. one. Absolutely. We're in sync, John. Yeah, um, tonight we are. So, yeah, you know, a lot of people probably look back to this movie and, I mean, whatever reasons they give, I feel like this is maybe uh, a big reason why he's not involved with Star Wars anymore. I mean, that was a big reason why it ended yeah. up on my list is because yeah. I was like, this movie changed the, the director's the career yeah. already. We yeah. already have seen... Now, I don't know what would have happened anyway, like mm. if this movie had come out and been a quiet little hit or yeah. something. But this is a very strange movie by any what? standard. What is going on? And for it to be the movie that you make between a Jurassic Park film and a Star Wars film... Yeah, like what was Colin Trevorrow? What was he thinking? What was the? I don't know, man. Is, it was it was it hubris? Is he just an odd guy? And this was a passion project? Like what was this movie supposed to be? It I don't is know. the weirdest fucking movie. I need you to tell me what the <laughs> twist was. Just tell me. It's not really a twist. I, yeah. The twist is is that like just tonally the movie shifts so much. What is the what is the thing? Like this There's like oddball quirky kid who's like making inventions and yeah. he's got this cute little brother to. 
like there's death involved and there's guns involved and there's somebody hiding in a treehouse to murder somebody. There's, there's like a voice from beyond the grave. There's sort of, child that, that sort abuse. Of coaches coaches oh, a God. mom to to attempt to murder a neighbor and there's a there's yeah. a, a what there's a little boy who. I guess we're supposed to think is endearingly precocious and smart, but actually he's so aggravating, it's fucking and, annoying, and smug and terrible. Yeah, and like him, like being like snide with her about, you know, getting on the Wi-Fi network or whatever. Yeah, like how just, dumb she is. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's just so he does her taxes and her books for her, and, he, and he's like it's just a genius kid who just knows everything and, and how the and, world works. And, and you might think, oh, this movie knows that they're giving us an annoying kid. But I think the movie thought I think I really think we were supposed to love him. Like I really think that we Absolutely. were supposed to find him very touching and very wise. Yeah. And and very interesting as a character when he's just this contrived like every nightmare you've ever had of the kid who's smarter than yeah. everyone else in the movie, mm-hmm. this movie treats it like a great idea for a character. And then gives Naomi Watts like impossible mood shifts and things to do. And then yeah, the neighbor, the oh, the, the, the plot, the notebook, which then and the audio, like like how it's so... <laughs> yeah, Ronald, he, he has left... Okay, well, I guess... Skip ahead. Spoiler alert. Skip ahead if you don't want spoilers for Book of okay. Henry. But, but there's a... The, the, the kid dies. That's that's like the twist. Early in the film. Yeah. And then his mom is listening to tapes and reading like his book that he left that was giving her instructions on what he wants her to do after he's gone. But his... Like the tape that she's listening to, he... She, she, it interacts with her. Like it'll be saying... He knows oh, her so well. It's like, all right, mom, now go to the right... And then she'll go to the left, and he'll say, "No, mom, the right." And she'll go, "Oh," and it's like it's supposed to be a tape he recorded at some point before he oh. died, but he knows his mother so well, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's just, and it's just, it's. I guess yes, the, the the colossal lack of judgment that went into making this film really does. Mm. I mean, I I, I don't doubt that <laughs> mm. Kathleen Kennedy, uh, over at Lucasfilm, yeah, saw this, yeah, and was like. We've got to get him off of the next Star Wars yeah. film. I don't care how we do it. That Most bad. importantly, because he wrote this as well. Well, he Greg, co-wrote Greg, it or Greg whatever. Is, is credited, yeah. but it wasn't it. What didn't it come from his brain? In yes, some way? like yes. the story or something. Yes, and it's it's been something he's been apparently wanting to make. And then, you know, you take the that input that he had into this film, and you say, oh, he's given the same, if not more, into the final Star Wars film of this trilogy. Like mm-hmm. something has got to not. Well, do you remember be. what the, what the one thing be. they said that he wanted to do in the Star Wars movie was he wanted to shoot some scenes actually in space? Yeah, which to me seems like the most like let's waste as much money as yeah. we can and hype something that means nothing to the viewer's experience of the movie. Like, how could that possibly have been impressive? But he was like, I know what I'm going to do. You know. Anyway, I'm sure that maybe wow. there's a there's a uh, I don't know. I don't know what his career is at this point. I mean, he's kind of got this cachet because of the Jurassic, Jurassic World Park. being such a big success and right, he's right, on right. the new one as a I think he, he co-wrote the story on that too and he's a producer or he at least was involved yeah. in the development of it so who knows is he going to I mean it's a weird trajectory to go through all that that early yeah. in your career you've already become the guy who got you know who got yanked off a Star Wars film that doesn't look good but does, does that mean he's going to go off and make more passion projects like this or does that mean he's going to be a name in the credits of movies like Jurassic World but but not a not a creative force yeah, yeah, that we recognize. Yeah. That's know. not a bad. I mean, yeah. that's that's a very real possibility. Because mm-hmm. he's got you know I feel like he's got some cloud or some power from the Jurassic World series. But man, like the whole mentality really painful of like, to watch. One for me, one for them. Like you know how filmmakers yeah, always yeah. say that. It's like that's in this pattern. Like say it's not guaranteed. Jurassic World, The Book of Henry. Whoa whoa whoa! Like 
what's the one for me thing again? Because this was like, this is not good. Like this yes. is my, a passion project and it is a colossal fuck up. If, if this is one for you, then we don't like you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. And that's what, I, that's what I'm, I'm sure that's what she said. Yeah. And then the morning after all the reviews came out or she saw Book of Henry. And guess what, guys? We will be shooting the entire next Star Wars film not in space. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Cut the budget. Jesus. Yeah, it's bad, man. It's bad. That sucks. And it is almost watchably bad. It's almost like watch it because it's the, it's I in this spot. I but I would say it's painful. Like about about two thirds in, I was just thinking, I'm really just watching this because I kind of want to see it through. Mm-hmm. And of course, my son's named Henry, and I'm really annoyed that he doesn't have a cool movie and a cool character right. that his name is associated with. But I feel like not even regarding I Henry. Like, I feel like a couple of years will go by, and maybe people will forget <laughs> about this atrocity, and and his name, the, the good name of Henry, will be back in, in you know in the spotlight. <laughs> or Henry cool. serial killer. Yes. Portrait serial killer. <laughs> well, that that's one I'm definitely going to show him <laughs> yeah, on his tenth birthday. Yeah, yeah. It's just coming right up. No doubt. Yes. All right, you're up. Oh, it's my yeah, turn. Okay, doubled um, that one up. One, okay, so uh, the Dragon the Bruce Lee story, one of my favorite movies of all time. Hell yes. Birth of Love the Dragon. That movie. Birth of the Dragon. Not so much. Trash. Yeah. Look, uh, you can't whitewash a story about uh, a incredible person who's affected cinema. Oh, I guess they can, a, Ronald. Oh, yes, they can. <laughs> How oh, yes, foolish of you to think How foolish of you to think that a, a movie about Bruce Lee could be led by a white man for maybe 45 minutes of the movie? Fuck. Fuck are you think? And it's like a WWE produced... I saw... Okay, that's what, what? I saw. Like, what? I thought I saw them on the production It's trash. It's trash. That sucks. Fuck that movie, man. Okay, I don't... I don't... I love talk. Dragon. Dragon and Bruce Lee's story oh is so God, good, man. so good. Yeah. Jason Lee... Or... Yeah. Jason Lee. Yeah, I is think it Lee? is Jason Lee. Jason Lee is Kevin Smith. <laughs> <That's>, I think, <laughs> no, I think it's Scott Lee. Jason Scott Lee. Is Not to be Dragon. confused with Jason Lee. Dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great oh, movie. Man. This movie is trash. Mm-hmm. It is so bad. And he slips in and out of an accent a lot. I hate that. So you need to you need to get back to your your rule. Like what? <laughs> what is happening right now? Okay, next Yeah, person. I was going to watch it, and I heard it was horrible. No, so. man, it is bad. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my next pick is just the next Transformers film. <laughs> um, like, I, I just I just want to put it in there because, like, I feel like, uh, like, you know, I feel like I've been an apologist, like, for some of the Transformers movies. Cause you I kinda, have Because I, I kind of enjoy the first one, and even some of the second one. Yeah. I actually like, I think, the third one, where they, like, skydive into Chicago. Yes. Like, I love, I actually like that one. But uh, Transformers um, 17 last night, it is, I mean, it's really bad, guys. Like, (laughs) you know, usually even like these kind of films, like, you know, whether or not you like Michael Bay, Mm -hmm. usually you'll go and say it's, it's, at least I usually go and say like, man, that was wild to look at. Right, right, right. Like, because he, whatever you think about him, there's always a lot happening and a lot to consume, a lot to take in, a lot to either be annoyed by or you're just like wow that looked fucking incredible mm-hmm. you know for whatever you hate or love about him like he he does do some interesting stuff and I in more cases than not find myself liking his films but I don't I really just don't know what they're doing with the Transformers franchise I hope this is the last one I know I'm they're so doing too. a Bumblebee spinoff and I don't know maybe that'll be interesting I don't know giving it to somebody else to do maybe there'll mm-hmm. actually be a story yeah right. um, well they're clearly intent on 
doing that, of somehow transitioning away from Michael Bay yeah. on these movies, but without letting the properties go and without letting the franchise yeah. go. So, I mean, it's like, I don't know how much people are really that interested in an expanded Transformers right. universe. Didn't this one bomb? Yeah. Well, I mean, it made a ton of money. Right, right, but right. But comparatively, right. Yeah. They, they, this franchise had still been like the exception to some of this fatigue. Mm-hmm. Like the last one was a huge hit. Like, And the worldwide box office is always It's monster, yeah. billion dollars. You know, but no, this one was a, in perspective to the fourth one or the, whatever the one prior was. Yeah, huge, huge bomb. Um, I find myself at times lucky Mark Wahlberg. Um, more specifically, I like his show, A&E, uh, Wahlburgers, um, as I'm a fan of burgers. Um, but man, is he annoying in this film. And, um, and overall the movie is just trash. I mean, you know, you can, you can, you can look and say, wow, that's pretty fucking cool. Some of the CG, some of the action set pieces are really kind of cool. But you know, Anthony Hopkins, what the fuck are you doing in this movie? Isn't Gerard Carmichael in it? Yes, what the hell are you doing in this movie? Uh, He's the T.J. Miller role in this film that uh, that was Transformers Four. Uh, yeah, it's it's just I don't know, man. It, it's it's it is now where it was kind of whether or not you liked the films, there was usually some things to like about them, um, and they did massively well. And this is like a marked difference. Like it's it's super long. I literally fell asleep twice watching it. And still had no clue where I was before I fell asleep or after. Oh, wow. And um, it's just a mess. It's a mess. And there's nothing to gain from these films anymore. Um, bringing, you know, Mark Wahlberg's involvement, like, did, I don't know what, it must have helped the, the fourth one because it was a huge hit. I don't know. He, he's like, apparently, I don't understand how Mark Wahlberg is like the most successful actor in the world. Yeah. Like him in The Rock. It feels you like know? happenstance, man. It feels it's like weird. he's like, kind of stumbled he, upon He's him. got something, like, he, he's a very business minded person. Like, yeah. He's, He's got, got all the money in the world. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, way more than Michelle Williams. <laughs> um, Which we were talking about that before you got here, Steve. Now, really what that says is she's an artist who was doing the movie for artistic reasons, and Mark Wahlberg probably has an agent that says, hey, absolutely. Marky Wahlberg doesn't get out of bed for less than $2 million, yeah. you know? And like, so, okay, there's gender stuff. There's sexism involved in that. Yeah. And then there's weird marquee value shit going on. But then you see the movie, and you, you see that Mark Wahlberg is about as... You know, at that spectrum you were talking about? Yeah. He's on the bad side of the yeah. Mark Wahlberg spectrum. Yeah. And Michelle Williams is doing her usual work of, like, really maybe one of the best things about a movie. So that makes it especially painful. That, like, whatever, there's sexism involved in that. There's weird career bullshit in Hollywood. Yeah. And then there's just the fact that um, there's more to this story of this kind of heroic push to get this to get this movie, you know, reshot so they could have it in theaters in time. Right. But on top of that, there's, you know, Mark Wahlberg, it just doesn't sound like a team player. However, it doesn't surprise me that a marquee star of that stripe is the type of guy who whose Absolutely. agent would, would negotiate that for him. Well, when yeah. you're, well and that, the, the, the lead-in of that is just the fact that, you know, when you're in Transformers 4 and it makes a billion dollars, you're going to negotiate him $1.5 right. million. But yeah, Transformers last night, um, garbage. Yeah. And this is, this is, you know, and I'm the guy, you know, I'm usually like, I'm kind of into these movies. Mm-hmm. For whatever badness they have, I kind of find something that I enjoy. And I thought the fourth one was bad as well. Yeah. Like, it, it would have maybe made my list that year. But this was exceptionally bad. And it's like all the decisions to try to expand this Transformers world with, like, the Dinobots and, like, mm-hmm. fucking, like, King Arthur's in the fucking movie. Like, just weird fucking shit. And it's all over the place. It's, it's, a, it's a mess. And it's in a year when... Uh a lot of the similar movies that were like, you know, these huge blockbusters were pretty good. Yeah. So I think that's kind of another thing there is if that movie's really that bad, it really it's has bad. no excuse to be that bad. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, well, I don't know. Would you guys rather hear about the movie that had was never going to be good and it's just garbage, or would you rather hear about the the movie that that might have been good? The latter. The latter. All right. Well, I won't talk about the emoji movie then. I will talk <laughs> oh, about yeah. uh, Roman J. Moment. Israel, who uh, we talked about that. Mo- who? It's a man, not a film. We talked about this <laughs> film last time, so I won't go into it too much. Yeah. But it's the same things I mentioned in our last episode. It's just a movie that that has no shape. And every time you think you're getting invested in something, it's going in a slightly different direction. Even the trailer felt like that. Do you remember seeing that yeah. trailer and it felt like, what? Huh? There was a couple of different hairdos in the trailer and you're already thinking, wait. Th-. So I see the rise and fall of this character in the trailer. Mm. And then you see the movie and he's Roman J. Israel is depicted as this kind of legal savant. But all we see him do is fuck up. Um <clears throat> and it's it's by by Dan Gilroy, who written and directed by Dan Gilroy, who did Nightcrawler, which was a very similar character study about someone who might be, uh, you know, uh, on the spectrum perhaps, mm-hmm. and and how that that personality might make itself ready for the the kind of the task at hand. And in that movie, it's a story of a person who every step of the way, Jake Gyllenhaal's character is he finds that he's he's. The world is just as rotten as it needs to be for him to succeed. And in Roman J. Israel, it's not the same kind of trajectory. It doesn't have that kind of clean storyline. I guess I would have liked it maybe if it had been a clean story of a man's fall from grace mm. or a man's redemption. But it tries to do all that at once. And uh, it's kind of what we were talking about last time. The, the character is a little cartoonish. It could have been a very interesting role. But there's some stuff in that movie that just was never going to be interesting. That stuff yeah. with the, the nonprofit or the, the activist group and the woman. Out of the blue. Like that, that scene where he goes and speaks to them is interesting. But his relationship with Maya, the woman who, who runs that place, is just so like it's, she exists just to puff his character up and to like cry over how brilliant he is. And we never really see much evidence of why she would feel that way. The whole movie just... It's full of illogic like that. It's not It's not as much of a head-scratcher as the Book of Henry in terms mm. of what were they thinking, but it just doesn't really pull off the trick it's trying to pull off of, of showing you how this character made a difference in these other people's lives. I, I will say Colin Farrell is does about as much as he could with the material in that movie. He's, he's really turning out to be one of those actors who's good in just about anything. But it really felt like that character yeah. just had a hollow core, uh, and, and I think in a weird way the movie feels that way too. So, yeah, yeah, Roman J. Israel, just a big misfire that that had all the elements of something truly great. Like yeah. it really could have been a fascinating character study. Cool. Um, a movie called The Comedian should be funny. It's not. It is Robert De Niro doing something. What was that movie? What I just saw like an ad for it. And it looked it like is, a fake movie. It looked like a Hallmark movie. I don't know who thinks the scenarios that he puts himself in are funny. He has no redeeming qualities about himself. It's a hard to watch movie, man. Especially when he's supposed to be like a very well-known, great comic. Mm-hmm. And every interaction he has, except for one scene that they did where he's like at a old folks home and he kind of shits on everybody. Very bad movie. Please do not watch this movie. You think you know, but you have no idea. <laughs> do not watch The Comedian starring Robert De Niro. Ronald, it's... you're a stand-up comic. Mm-hmm. Why do they always do such a bad job of depicting stand-up comedy in movies? Because whatever whatever this version of movie stand-up that exists is very like punching punching down sort of humor with with no redeeming quality about it like when you the people that are 
those sorts of comics, like the Jezzlenecks in the world of the world, have there's there's like a there's a balance in the comedy. There's a balance somewhere. You, it doesn't seem quite as obvious at first, mm-hmm. but there's a balance in the comedy, and he doesn't have that. It's very hard to endure. I can't even picture Robert De Niro pretending to be a stand-up comic. Though. It's almost like Robert De Niro doing an impression of Robert De Niro on stage. Yeah. He like does this like face thing that people that do impressions of Robert De Niro do. It's hard to watch, man. Mm. It's always a problem. I don't care if it's a band or if it's a comedian, <laughs> mm. whatever it is. When it's supposed to be some brilliant artist in yes. a movie, it's almost always terrible. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's almost always you really have to take their word for it that he's yeah. a successful comedian. You know, yeah. <laughs> like that—that's the fantasy part. <laughs> you want to see a good version of that? Top five mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. a version of that mm-hmm. because because like there's like. There's some balance in it that you know. Not, this guy's kind of trying to redeem himself, but he's also doubting himself. And that the doubt that Robert De Niro has is just like it's not based in anything. Right. It's not like it doesn't feel real. So I don't know. Comedian's really bad. So my next pick is uh, the industry standard for a bad horror movie that comes out the first or second week of January. Um, in January t- uh, 13 of 2017, STX Films released The Bye Bye Man and, uh, <laughs> and made the... That name. And made a, uh, I mean, I'll say they made a mistake, but from my research, they made a financial genius move because it made some money, apparently, which blows my mind. It cost $3 and made $5. Yeah, yeah, it cost like, I don't know, actually, I feel like it said $7 million or $4.7 million. <laughs> Uh, and made money um, well spent. Seven point four million made twenty seven. Wow, that's a huge fucking win. Yeah, that's a huge for a small win. studio. And they're gonna make but another one probably. It's barely a movie, right? Um, the bad bad man. Yeah, it's it's like you know, it's like you just you just cherry pick like elements from successful horror films, franchises, ideas, uh-huh. um, and you kind of sort of try to put them together in a story, a movie, barely a film, horribly acted. <laughs> <laughs> Effects are horrible. Doug Jones is in it as the bye-bye man, which you'd almost expect some cool, at least, creature work. Or, yeah. But it's all, like, really shitty CG slash composite stuff. And um, not scary at all. Yeah. Like, it's the it's the one that comes out where you hear an audience laughing right. inappropriately at a horror film more than you hear any... Ju- even cheap jump scares, not in this film. Um, just fucking horrible. Yeah. Bye-bye, bye-bye man. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I remember when that came out, just the name. It's like every now and then. <laughs> it's a bad name. The well, it's like, I don't know. I feel like it's a hook. It's, it's got a yeah, name. It's got a I hook guess. to the I name. I just feel like that. But that feels like a parody. That feels like, <clears throat> you know, the movie posters that would be in um, Tracy Jordan's dressing room on 30 Rock? Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. It feels like absolutely what it is, I'm sure. Like a Tracy Jordan parody of a Tyler Perry movie or something would be called The Bye Bye Man. The and, you Bye know. Bye Man. But I mean, I, I know what you mean about it. It sounds like a. A, uh, an urban legend or like a childhood exactly. thing like it does have like the the kind of juvenile quality of it's that got name like could it's, be it's got like the candy man yeah vibe mm-hmm. yeah. going mm-hmm. for like there's this lore that it, it's, it's horrible <laughs> well um the the movie that i'm i don't even know if it's ethical to put this movie on my list but you were saying like the the horror show and i feel like this movie is one that's been rendered into a horror show by by events in the news but also the movie itself is just a 
uh, um, like I don't think I ever would have liked this movie. I was bored when I was watching it, even though that it has the salacious factor of mm. what's been going on with Louis C.K. But I'm going to put I Love You, Daddy on my list of one of the worst movies of the year because if it had come out in a under perfect, smooth sailing for Louis C.K., I think it would have seemed to me like a really smug, self-serving film that is everything that I've come to sort of suspect. Like before this story really broke, I had soured a little bit on the sort of Louis a genius everything he does is brilliant yeah. kind of thing like I love him when he's funny I like his stand up a lot did you um, like his TV show the um, the, the the one he did himself that's like play are you talking about Horace and Pete yeah I never watched Horace Fucking and Pete but it's, and I know Pete you loved it and I'm yeah. I'm still intrigued to watch it although now it's a little bit difficult to say I'm gonna right. go back and pick it up right. but this movie kind of since it technically wasn't released but it did get screened and it did uh, screeners did go out so you know I, I, I we talked about it on a previous episode so I but I just was thinking about which movies made me feel sort of bad when I was watching them this year and that was one that uh, granted I did not see it outside of this scandal but I was able to sort of dial my brain back and experience it as a movie mm-hmm. and I just think it's it's just like the rhythms of it the the character stuff what he's trying to do thematically it it's creepy man it's creepy the way that he was playing around it's creepy the way that Woody Allen's movies are creepy where he plays around with these things whether it's autobiographical or not that that touch on these things that he knows are part of this stigma surrounding him oh, yeah, yeah. and the fact that Louis was maybe doing that in a vacuum thinking that maybe he was you know not going to be uh, persona non grata by the time this movie came out but it's just maybe because i've been a fan of his it's especially uncomfortable for me. I think the guy still had probably some good material in him and some good ideas in him, but this movie, I don't know what... It's hard to picture... You've seen it. It's hard to oh, picture yeah. what he was thinking when he was making it and what I don't world know what, he thought he was going to be releasing it, it in. It really feels like something he... Did. You're right. Like It feels like he knew this shit was going to go down, and he's like, I need, I need a full examination of who I am as a person and what I like. Yeah. And this was it. It's a fucking creepy movie, man. And and the examination of like older men and younger women. I mean, there is yeah. room to do a movie. The, oh, yeah. the sort of commentary on Woody Allen that's in this film. It it would seem interesting, maybe in that vacuum. But since it does happen in this age where we now know what some of these allegations are and mm-hmm. and how you know just how out of control some of these 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 men have been. I just don't think you would see it happen now. I think that right now that that. Louis C.K. would not make this movie, and I think a lot of actresses would say they're not going to be in a movie that sort of seems like it's trying to let men off the hook for being, yeah, for shitty. being gross. Right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, I love, love you, Daddy. Daddy. I did not love you. Which I hear, which you hear a lot in that movie. It's my turn. Mm-hmm. Mm. It is. Yes. Emoji movie. <laughs> so we do you, get to talk if about you it. You don't get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Art style's ugly. Yes, it it's ugly fucking art, man. Like th- so, my mom when when this when this style of animation first started, my mom used to say, "I can't watch this. It's ugly. It's mm-hmm. like, it's jarring. It's jarring if you you're used to like old Disney style cartoons and then be brought into this. It can be a little jarring. Mm-hmm. It took me a little while before I was like, okay, I get Pixar. This makes sense. I love Toy Story, but it took a while. It took a while. It took a while. This is an argument for not ever doing this ever again. <laughs> for some studios that are trying to manufacture sort of the the feel of like Shrek, 
And, you know, the, yeah. I'm trying to think of something outside of the Pixar. Mm-hmm. Well, I think machine. even more so, like, you know, you've got these movies that take a world or that Ferdinand. you sort of know already and, like, explore it. And that's where the yeah. Toy Story comparison yeah. is so is so appropriate. You can see they're really trying to do that, but it's yeah. so marketed and so branded. It's just yeah. a gross film. It's It's based on the trashiest part of human society, <laughs> magnified in a way that's even more trashy, mm-hmm. trying to be witty, trying to be funny. Man, T.J. Miller, what did you do? What did he do? <laughs> what did you do? Have you seen the trailer for the season five of Silicon Valley? It's interesting how they're like, bye. Yep, sailing off. Zero Miller. Yeah. Damn, man. And I like T.J. Miller. I thought he was funny on that show, and I thought it was interesting that when he left the show, there seemed to be this unspoken stuff that it was like there was no love lost between him and the production. Yeah. yeah. And I just get this image now of him as a very difficult to tolerate person and yes funny but i mean mm-hmm. outside of again he he too has allegations that are you know changing the sort of public face of of that now i always the only reason that i ever hold off on acting like the person is toast because of the allegations is because you don't know how those things are going to shake out it right. is not clear yet what's going to happen yeah. to his career right um or what the ramifications of that will be but i do think that yeah watching the emoji movie with with him in mind it's it wasn't like i don't know it wasn't like a like uh, he's doing some really milk toast stuff in this movie. Yeah. It's not. It's not a very not interesting good. character. Not a very interesting performance. And it really does seem like it's. It thinks you're going to be laughing along with it, and it's oh, just yeah. one joke after another that falls flat. The pacing is bad. It is trash. Fuck that movie, man. It's like they ticked off the list of these are these Pixar story points, yeah. and they crammed so them in there without any stuff. of the real heart. Nope. Yeah. Did you see it? Nope. Oh man. I've like successfully managed to ignore or to, to avoid all your movies so far, I think. Oh, good, man. Um, <laughs> good, good for you. My next movie is, uh, I think, one of the more recent uh, experiences of, of, of seeing a crack in the facade of the megastar known as The Rock. Mm. Um, <laughs> and that's Baywatch. Interesting, yeah. Baywatch was one of our first chances to see not only what happens when a rock film fails, but how the rock himself handles the failure. Oh, he didn't handle it well. He did not handle it well. <laughs> and it's interesting because I'm a fan. Me and too. I, I remember, I think, mentioning to you guys, or we talked about this briefly, like watching some of his Twitter conversations with people claiming that the film was like a disaster, like a failure and, you know, a bomb. Almost. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of is. Uh, internationally, a different story, but and that's what he kept kind of relying on to defend the film. Yeah. But at the bottom of the conversation, at the root of it all, you cannot, no one, even he, cannot say that Baywatch is anything but a piece of shit. Mm. It is an example of you know taking IP and trying to relaunch, rebrand, re right. whatever, whatever that word is after re. <laughs> they did it. Re something. <laughs> tried to do it with Baywatch. He tried to re 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 it. <laughs> Um, no, you know, just like kind of <laughs> interested, in interested to see the film. Like we went and saw it in theaters, even. Oh, you know, wow. Aaron was interested in seeing it, and it's one of those experiences where the entire time you're looking at one another, like, when are we gonna laugh at this comedy? Oh, that the trailer had a couple funny scenes in that you realize are the only funny scenes. Um, and not only that, but how often is it in a comedy where you're like, wow, when is this gonna be over? 
like a comedy that's working on any level, you know, usually you're moving pretty quick and you're laughing with it, even if it's not yeah. a great movie. Mm-hmm. There's funny things that kind of keep the pacing going. And um, I don't know, man. <clears throat> this 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 is the mark in the in the in the in the failure columns for for The Rock. And you know, he bounced right back. Jumanji's a huge hit. Whatever, moving on with his life. He's still yeah. the one of the highest grossing actors in showbiz. But yeah, it's a really good example of. Um, and there's some out there, I mentioned even Transformers, like this IP trying to uh, regurgitate mm-hmm. known yeah. properties <clears throat> instead of maybe trying to say, let's get an original idea or an original something. And I'm the guy that says, I'm, I'm all about remakes. You know, I'm about I'm down with this or I'm down with seeing what they could add to it. Yeah. Plus, we live in a world where uh, 21 Jump Street became a really fine, funny Absolutely. film. And that, that, and, that, and that being the launch pad that they're looking at taking yeah. Baywatch and saying, look what they did with that. Well, clearly. Yeah. Let's do that with this. And yeah. there's and there's some marketing angle for Baywatch to come out in the summer to have gorgeous women in bathing suits who have, you know, The Rock and Zac Efron shirtless the entire film. Mm-hmm. There's lots of things happening there for a company to market, but it is it is not funny. It is <laughs> it is it is um distasteful in a lot of ways. Oh wow. And uh it was a really weird movie to watch. Um, mm. <clears throat> not that I love Baywatch yeah. in any way. I know it's not like a property that anyone had any real. Yeah, who cares? Ad- yeah. Like, who cares? Respect for or. But you admiration. do watch it. I mean, I almost watch it to say I want to see like okay, let's see the Rock succeed again. Like he's got yeah. this comedy, broad, you know, Baywatch. Yeah. Knock it out of the park! Wow, almost. it is. Uh, it is fucking bad. How did it compare to Chips? Did anyone see Chips? Look. I I I, actually, I I love chips. I, it's it's way worse than chips. Okay, chips is funny. I actually laughed quite a bit at chips. chips okay. is funny. Still inappropriate and tasteful oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. at times. Yeah, but yeah, I I kind of chips was funny. Okay. I, I didn't mind chips. It, Baywatch is not. It I like Michael Pena so much, yeah. and I I, I have I kind of like Dex. I was about too. to say, and you know when I when as much as I am almost embarrassed to say this, but when punked started right right i remember seeing him on there and right. thinking like who is this guy he's fucking hilarious he's fucking absolutely hilarious. Yeah. and i don't know that he's ever done anything since then that has quite like captured my mm. my sense of humor as much as some of those things i don't even particularly like punked that much but i just feel like he was funny in the he, scenarios he did let's he go to jail right that's him uh dag shepherd was he in that that was uh i thought that was um that was William. Uh, that William. That was Will Forte. William Forte. <laughs> William Forte. William Sir William Will, Forte. Will, Will Forte and uh, and Job, right? Or my well, oh, was it Will Arnett? Is that is that is that what you're talking about? Let's was, go to prison. You mean? It was, yeah, let's go to prison. Is that Will Forte and Will Arnett? Okay, okay. Good. I Two like Wills. that. Yeah. But Chips was funny. Okay, see, I just not like, not a good. I don't think not a great movie. But I, I'm just saying, yeah, Chips I, was funny. I get what you yeah. said. It was funny. Baywatch is not a good movie, nor is it funny. Damn. If if, so. chi- if Baywatch had been as good as Chips, it might not be on your list, is what you're saying, right. of the five worst films mm-hmm. of the year, or would it? If, if, if it was at least funny at times, it mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have been. Yeah, gotcha. But it, it's just, it needs to be on the list because it's an attempt to make a broad comedy mm-hmm. that is a reboot of an IP. Yeah. That is starring the biggest star in the world mm-hmm. yeah. for your dollar. And it is a massive failure. Okay. I mean, like I said, internationally, The Rock will defend it on Twitter all day long. Oh, yeah. Telling people how it was huge overseas and it made money. And you know what? It did. Yeah. But he's huge here, and it was not. Yeah. And, this, and it was the first, I think it's one of one of his first real failures. Okay, so does a guy like that not really the Scorpion think King? that the box office different? Kind of, that's a different rock. That's a different generation. That's a different rock. <laughs> so yeah, does, does he, is it that box office, I mean, there's a bubble around a guy like that. We've oh, always yeah. said that about Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. There's other performers mm-hmm. that seem mm-hmm. like that. Do you think maybe to him the box office is the, fi- like, they, 
I think a lot of times people pretend they don't care what critics think, but they really do. But then they lean on the box office. You know, it's like when a comic book movie comes out and critics pan it, and then it makes a lot of money. And so the actors say, well, we made it for the fans, not for the critics. It's like, yeah. I'm sure you would have liked it if the critics liked it too. And I'm sure that, the, mm. you know, I'm sure that The Rock would like it if the word of mouth was good too. But he can lean on the numbers and therefore it proves the haters wrong. Yeah. Or really people can have this opinion about the movie and the money doesn't, I mean, we we talk about box office on this show a lot, but we know it doesn't really mean that much. Like, it's a, it's a yardstick, but it doesn't really mean that much. There are plenty of good movies that have not made money and there's plenty of horrible movies that have made money. But if you're kind of on the fence about whether something is catching that zeitgeist, you can look at the box office and say, oh, well, clearly this movie didn't flop in that true sense. But it, it's a weird thing to me when, when the, when the actors are leaning on the box office yeah. as like, here's the proof that this was good because they of all people should know that uh, that doesn't, that's just a marker of, are you going to, is it going to be that easy for you to make your next movie? You know, I don't think his image is that hurt by it. I love but, the rock. And but I'm I agree gonna... with you that he came off looking kind of, kind of defensive <sighs> and insecure when that happened. I think the, so I'm going to try to articulate this very quickly. Articulate quickly. So I used to work at a place with athletes superhuman people mm -hmm. and the fact of the matter is they function on a very different wavelength than we do mm -hmm. because they know that they can destroy us all if it comes For down real. to it they can hit you on the top of the head and yes drive you and what you have to understand about the rock is the rock is probably the nicest version of that person yeah but he is that person that sounds absolutely That's accurate it. you That's still don't it, want him mad at you it's, right. it's like you you but, do not want to Whatever this is, whatever this thing that he does is, is very thinly veiled. It's very thinly veiled. And when you ruffle it and you are near him, he might punch you in the face. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's accurate. I, I think that's, I think might. the thing though with like The Rock, I love like what him. you're just talking about. The Rock is a celebrity star, box office star. Huge. Yeah. He is, I mean, I'm sure, you know, he would love some critic love. Yeah. You know, and, and some of his movies get it. You That's know? what I'm saying. He does but get if you, But if notices. you look at the films he does and why he's the biggest star, like big highest paid, him yeah. and Marky Mark at the top of the list. That's crazy. Which is nuts. And that's all you need to say. Look at them and say... The problem with Baywatch, the reasoning it's failing is because... It didn't have Marky Mark in it. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Is, <laughs> is because it didn't have huge domestic box office. Yeah. Mm. Like, he's still a huge star internationally. He's still a huge star domestically. Yeah. But Baywatch is a summer comedy tentpole. Mm -hmm. It should have been huge. It was a not... It, it had horrible reviews. Pete, the, the most important thing... Sure, it made money overseas. That's people going to see your movie because they love you, The Rock. Yeah. Nobody liked this movie. Yeah. The ratings on IMDb, like three. You know, like user ratings, like three. Yeah. On Rotten Tomato, user ratings, like 30, 40%. Like, people love The Rock. People yeah. do not love The Rock when he's in the Baywatch film. Yeah. In the right. Baywatch film is a piece of shit. Yeah. Go watch Chips. As a piece of shit. <laughs> As a piece of That's shit. That's the moral of the story. Go watch Chips. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm I gonna, enjoyed that. I'm gonna say <laughs> that that my next pick is a um, is a uh, another movie that points at the you said the cracks in the facade of the rock. I like that phrase. This this movie points out the cracks in the facade that have already been there. Maybe in this uh, person's career, maybe he's a well known actor. Maybe people love him on screen, but as a director, what is up with George Clooney's career? Yeah, how did he make a movie as shitty as Suburbicon with Matt Damon? I didn't know I directed that. Uh, uh, Julianne Moore Oscar Isaac Oscar Isaac who shows up 
and tr does his best to liven this movie up. Like he he does the the cameo equivalent of the little dance in mm. Ex Machina. He tries to bring some some spark to this movie. Mm. Even he can't do it. Um, but Suburbicon, you know, from a Coen Brothers script. Now it's I, easy for people to say, "Oh, the Coen Brothers." But, but that... this is like an, from, a script from like the late '80s or the oh. '90s that's been sitting in a drawer, and and George Clooney uh, uh, buffed it up with like um, Hesloff. Uh, yeah, so George Clooney and, Glenn, and Grant Hesloff, his frequent collaborator on yeah. the scripts mm -hmm. and co-producer, I guess, um, took the script and added a kind of socially conscious side to it. And it's the most awkwardly wedged in thing. Like you can totally see the movie the Coen Brothers wrote, wow. which is one of their sort of, you know, no good nicks uh, characters that you think you might root for that you discover as the movie goes along that everybody's full of shit and everybody's an idiot and you're yeah. just kind of waiting for everybody to kill everybody. Um, and and that part of the movie that does have little moments that you can see the humor, but it does feel like a script that they supposedly wrote it between Blood Simple and. I guess whatever the next movie they did was, which was uh, Raising Arizona, I, and it got put aside. Okay. It feels like a movie they would put aside and not take out of a drawer. You know, mm. I don't know how George Clooney got got the script, or if it's been maybe it belonged to a studio, or maybe he optioned it. I don't think the Coen Brothers did anything with this script since they wrote the draft they wrote years ago. Oh wow! So it is a movie that that they what they decided to do was to combine this tale of a sort of seemingly happy suburban family and how beneath the surface there's lies and there's debt and there's you know entanglements with the mob and and the matt damon character who seems like a very square suburban dad is actually got all these other things going on that are that are pretty dark um which feels coensy you know the sort yeah. of like a serious man i was but, gonna say that but it felt but, like but a the man. crime ver what if that movie had mobsters in it that's kind of what you're getting in this movie which is interesting but then wedged into it is in this suburban paradise <laughs> Uh, where it's all you know, super white folks uh, living the fantasy of the kind of uh, the fifties, that post-war life, and a single black family moves into the neighborhood, and it's based on Levittown, Pennsylvania, like the real historical story of this, where a neighborhood basically mobilized to try to drive out a family because it was a white neighborhood and it was a black family oh moving into like a <clears throat> a subdivision or a development. And that story could have been interesting. But what George Clooney and Grant Hesloff decided to do when they shoehorned these characters in was use them as kind of a backdrop. So it's as though the movie is saying, look at what all these people are focused on trying to drive out this black family when what's actually going on next door is much worse. Oh, wow. Which is, it could be interesting. Yeah. But the black family is not developed at all all they get virtually almost no, like there's no real scenes of them that develop them as characters oh, there's a, just a few scenes of them being harassed and then there's like a riot that forms kind of outside and then the son has a place catch with the the son of matt damon's family a couple times and the movie tries to say well look the kids are getting along yeah but it's just a ham-fisted attempt to chewhorn in a social uh message into what could have been a dark comedy but even then i think george clooney's pacing is all off i mean this felt like you know how it's like some made-for-Netflix movies uh, feel like, well, this isn't really quite a movie. Like, they, they almost had the production values of a movie. Have, mm -hmm. have you caught that? Have you watched anything on Netflix that makes you feel yeah. that way? Where yeah. you're like, well, this is pretty good, but I can see the difference between this and an actual big-budget version of this. Sure. This felt like that. This felt like a like a really half-hearted attempt to make a movie. Like, I, I, honestly, I don't know where it fits into George Clooney's sort of trajectory. I know Monuments Men was a real wash for people, I think it actually may have been on your worst it of was. the year list. It was. So, what does that make his track record now? Like maybe two good movies and two bad ones, or am I forgetting one? 
Or does he really have two good movies? I mean, I remember thinking Good Night and Good Luck like and that. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind were fun yeah. movies. Yeah, those two was the ones that come to mind. And this feels like it should be a home run. I mean, he's worked with the Coens. He's got that style down. This script does have some mm. elements that make it interesting. But man, it is just... Like, the best parts are in the trailer. And I also will say, just to kind of put a bow on these thoughts, is that it's another movie that the trailer sells you a movie that you don't get. Like, that trailer that we saw, and we, we sent the link right, to each right. other back in the spring, that looked like an interesting movie. Like a Coen Brothers movie. Right. That movie is not the movie that you get. Oh, wow. The Coen Brothers will do that sometimes. Make a trailer right. that sells you a more conventional movie than what they're doing. But this was like an attempt to sell you on that flavor and... And the movie just does not have the... It doesn't have the pace. It doesn't really have the, the dialogue. It doesn't really have the characters. It's got some actors who kind of look like they're going, oh, boy, I kind of thought I was in a better movie. Um, and, yes, Oscar Isaac, when he shows up, it actually does breathe life into the movie for about a scene or two. Mm. Um, uh, and, you know, Matt Damon's doing good work as this character, but this movie comes at a time, like some of these other movies we've talked about, where his, his image is, is in disrepair, shall we say. And so it does kind of... It's like you're not rooting for this character because he's a he's a, a typical Cohen's uh, kind of protagonist who's who's not such a great person. Mm. But on top of that, you're maybe not in the mood to root for for Matt Damon. Mm. But um, no, I don't know. I'd be interested to know what you guys think uh, when you see it if you if you bother yeah, to see. I want to check it out. I mean, it's me too. It's, it's uh, you I'm know curious. I think it's coming out on video in a couple of weeks. Okay. So um, you know I I do wonder if it will have any kind of life. But it kind of came and went. I doubt and for it the will. pedigree that it had, uh, it really seems like you know audiences would have found this movie if if they were going to and i think that uh the only reason someone might like it would be for some of the performances and maybe for some of that kind of retro feel of this you know this sort of that post-war era where you're really commenting on the underbelly of the 50s i feel like no one makes a movie about uh the the, the 50s without it being about the underbelly right 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 <laughs> i mean i'm sure that it was a very complicated time and i don't believe in the good old days but i realized that like at this point if you see what that that perfect street that suburban yeah. street in that era you assume this is a story about how this is all fake no no one ever makes a movie about you know this it was pretty right. good life in the suburbs mm -hmm. uh, anyway so yeah i i don't recommend it but if you're curious um, you might find enough entertainment value in this in this mess of a misfire. Um, last one. My last one. I think you know what it's going to be, man. I don't know. I'm wondering if either of you are going to pick the one I have. Training Day meets Lord of the Rings. David Ayer. Oh my god! Uh, if you don't get the if you don't get the fuck out of here with this all lives matter script that you present, no Max Landis. Yeah. You piece of shit. Who notably is the only one not coming back for the sequel. Right. So. Here's what I, I have a problem with this. I so what movie, I used what to, movie is it? Bright. So I used to think that like David Ayer might have had a hand in like like this like thing, this this like slice of life LA drama thing that I think that he he has done really well in like training day and end of watch. Wow, end of watch. End of watch is fucking great. But there's a recycled plot twist that was used in training day. That shows up in Bright. Oh, really? That is so blatantly similar to the one in Training oh, yeah. Day. If you don't get the fuck... Tr David Ayer. Suicide Squad. Bright. And, and Will Smith, who needs to recalibrate his whole career. Because this, was, this, was, this felt like a script written for a younger actor. Whatever this is. Interesting. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's written for a 50-year-old man. Who... who 
is a gorgeous man, by the way. Very young, youthful. He looks great. Yeah, he looks incredible. This movie is trash. Okay, but Ronald, I just gotta know, because people are saying that. And other people are saying, what are people talking about? This isn't so bad. Well, here's, here's the thing. It's here's, the same story as Suicide Squad. Yeah. yeah. It's the same I don't, thing. I don't like these. I agree. I, I would say some people that I would think would be more critical have said, I don't see what the big deal is. I like this kind of movie. But is it just that if people like this, then they must have a weakness for this type no, of movie? Okay. Or is there anything to like about it? This So there's there are two audiences that may like this movie. Just the people that like this movie and the simple people. And there's nothing. There's the like, man, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. The orcs are black people and Hispanic people right now and Asian people. See, that's what you don't get. And what's oh. happened? And what's happened? See, is oh, that I see what you mean. Yeah, that those is people, oh. those people that are that are like taking bong rips, watching this movie, trying to find something, like so deep in this movie, dissecting it for this very heavy-handed message that's right there in yeah. front of you. And it does a lot of things that just are not good. It's not even entertaining. Oh, I won't say that. Okay, because okay. that, that's look, what it looks like it is. Look, here's the thing. There's a, there's a, this is magic. This is a magical world, yeah. right? A magical world. Yeah. And somebody says there's a magic wand, and they go, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> there's a fairy outside. Yeah. There's orcs. Yeah. And this magic wand is like, what? Get if you don't get the fuck out of my face with this information, I will kill you. That's how everybody reacts to this information. That's just that's a slice of what this movie. I would call that inconsistent. It's, in, it's inconsistent. It, it's like I don't understand what they're doing. I can't wait to watch this. Oh, you cool? It, look, and I think Ge- that, like le- legitimately, I can't wait to see. Brian. If David Ayer, if you don't get the fuck is out of here, is that Joel Edgerton in the makeup? Yes. Jo- oh, Joel, I love. So here's yeah. the thing: I will not knock whatever Joel Edgerton is doing because he is taking what little script he has and doing something incredible with it. Because like you can't tell us Joel Edgerton, you can't tell whatever it is that he's doing. Right, he's he is killing this. Whatever it is that he, whatever's happening trying in this world, yeah, he's doing a really good job, and he's trying to like roll with the punches and and whatever this heavy-handed humor that people look what, what what they've seen Will Smith do before. Sure, it's like this exaggerated version of him just be like, "Get the fuck out of here! Mm-hmm. If you don't shut the fuck up <laughs> and get the fuck out of my," it's a lot of that trash ass, terrible humor. Got it. It's it's like they they're like, man, what are the things that made Will Smith funny at one point in his life? Let's take those and make it less funny. Let's take some bad boys yeah, two moments. I say that, yeah. But let's make them zero mm-hmm. funny. Let's dial the funny down to zero. Let's dial the funny. Let's stay let's do day of watch and not make it nearly as compelling. End of or, watch. <laughs> day of watch. <laughs> what the You've completely you you've done the opposite. You've sold me this film. <laughs> you don't get Are you David, sure you picked the right episode David, for this movie? It sounds like your favorite David, movie. You don't here. get the fuck out of here with so this. So they're moment. making a sequel though. Was this just Netflix saying we'll do what we want or is this did they have no. some metric that says this movie There's a man people like, were like, clamoring to I was very excited to see it. Yeah. Did did you see the the Nielsen numbers? It's probably nuts. What is it? So Nielsen numbers for... So they now have a way of measuring who watches Netflix. 
because Netflix doesn't release anything. Right, right, right. Right. It's like it's like magic, whatever. Right, right, right. So Nielsen has a way of tracking what is watched on TVs, but TVs only. Uh, and on TVs, I want to say it was 11 million people. Oh wow! And on, on the on the the first three days, not including tablets, phones, not including not how including many it. eyes are watching one TV right. that's being tracked by Nielsen. Because there were some there were some bright parts. But I'm saying like <laughs> yeah. that's a monstrous number. Oh my god! And Netflix, god. of course, says that number is nowhere near the actual number, right, right, and right. you'll never know what it is because we don't release our shit. But that's like that's a way that they were able to gauge like how big Stranger Things was. Yeah. Like Nielsen now is able to track the sets, TV sets. But that's 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 big. You that's know, like, huge. You know, it, it played on eleven million TV sets. Ninety million the dollars. Open, the opening, yeah. But you know, if you equate that to what a ticket would be, you know, it had a hundred million dollar opening. David Ayer, if you don't get the. Well, he's not stopping working he's soon. Not, man. He's not, man. He has he's got, so much he's work. He's got two hits on his hands. Yeah. I was furious after I watched this movie. <laughs> I was furious. Okay, that's my last one. <clears throat> my last one is one of the most uh, incomprehensible films I saw this year. <laughs> which, um, But, I mean, I'll say this because you go can in. I, can I just ask a question? You probably picked it as well. Was a snowman involved? I, I think it was supposed to be involved. Tomas Afridzen. I thought we were talking about Olaf's Frozen Adventure. <laughs> oh, no. oh, oh. No, we're talking about the we're, snowman. We were close. We were close. <laughs> we almost doubled up. Um, yeah, man. The snowman, I remember telling you guys after I did the screening for it, I, I didn't understand what I was watching. And in reading about it and seeing, like, the director, like, basically say, like, this is a fucking piece of you shit. Gotta sh- but the, what? One, the one factoid... That is so painful to hear. The director coming out. And this is part of, like, when the movie was being rolled out as, like, maybe he's explaining the response, but he's also just, like, part of the kind of press kit. That Thomas Alfredson, or however you say his name, Thomas Alfredson, uh, basically admitted that they forgot to shoot 10 to 15% of the script. That they didn't know until they sat down to edit that they had not gotten about 10 to 15% of the movie. Now, how does it, that happen? Now, if you know that fact and you watch the movie, you'll go, "Oh, okay, I kind of see why this movie is the way that it is." Then, because it really does feel like they tried to paper over some holes with some editing, but there's so much weirdness in this movie. Steve, let's just talk about the different things that are weird about this movie. What I just said is crazy. What? That they didn't shoot ten to fifteen percent of it, and they didn't realize this until later. Mm. Um, the other side of it is the people involved. This was originally going to be a Scorsese film. He's still attached as a producer. He, he knew to get the fuck out. His editor, uh, uh, Thelma Schoonmaker, is like, who's like, re- you know, regarded tried, as tried, tried to do one something. of the best editors in the business. Mm. Think about Martin Scorsese's films right, right, right. and how they're edited. She came in. I mean, I think her name is the sole editor on it. I, I feel like maybe it's unfair. Oh, yeah, Because yeah, yeah. she came in at the end and tried to make sense out of this piece of shit. Mm. But it, it's incomprehensible. The way you said, but because of that, it feels like the the it was they really tried to to make it work. Certain character relationships aren't really clear. You don't really know when you're watching flashbacks versus the forward going plot line. Val Kilmer is in this movie, but you wouldn't know it watching this movie because Val Kilmer doesn't look like himself, isn't acting like himself, and they dubbed his voice in because he was having. He was remember co- I told you guys that when we yeah, were talking on Facebook, I, I was like I thought it was him, but it didn't sound like him. Well, now you know it doesn't why. even really look like him because he he was dealing with some health issues at the time. Yeah, like he had yeah. a cancer in his mouth of some sort, yeah. and he was being cured from it. But oh, I don't man. know. They should have just recast that part or not include that part. Like I feel like it's almost an act of cruelty when you stick an actor who is ailing 
Yeah. They're not yeah, doing so well yeah, on yeah, screen. Yeah. It's like there should have been somebody that said this isn't working. Well, there's no way they would recast it if they couldn't shoot fifteen yeah. percent of the right. movie. Well, he looks so I gotta gaunt. See this movie, but now. the fact that his voice, like apparently he was he was unable to speak clearly, oh, swollen wow. tongue from his medication, and so they they dub it in. But the voice they dubbed it in with doesn't sound like <laughs> Val Kilmer's ever sounded. It doesn't even like match up sometimes. No. Like, like, literally, the overdubbing is a fucking joke. Like, it doesn't even match. Like, you're like, are we watching the Norwegian version of the snowman that's been overdubbed by American voice actors? Because it doesn't, it's like his lips are moving at times, and it doesn't match. And they sh- they do that thing that you do when you're trying to cut around something like that, where you have, like, incredible. The, per- the other person's face, and the yeah, frame, like the back the frame shot is kind of just yeah. dirtied up with this person, and you hear, like, so what, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I have to see this movie. You kind of do. And then there's also like, um, you know, dramatic shots with like creepy music that like cut to or zoom in on a snowman. It's like <laughs> just little dot eyes and a little. And it, it could be creepy. There's like It should be. Yeah. Because like the book it's based on is a, it's a book actually in my company that I work for like published and it's like huge, massive hit. Oh, wow. You know, and this is like a f- potential franchise right, right, for right. them that they even set up at the end of this film. That is never gonna happen. Yeah, the bah humbug <laughs> that I gave to like premature enfranchisalization, yeah. which uh, which I was saying that the way that Murder on the <laughs> Orient Express ends, yeah. and Murder on the Orient Express is getting a sequel. Yeah, this is a movie that I can't imagine them making a sequel to, but it definitely ends with the sort of he's still on the case, you know. But also, what does this mean to Fassbender? I mean, it makes me realize that he. He's one of those guys that can't pick a script or something because I think he has all these little attempts at at, at tent poles that just don't click. Like there was this, there was uh, what was the one based on the video game? I'm spacing on the name. Um, Assassin's Creed. Assassin's why Creed. He, why did he do that? Movie? And then like Frank, you know, as 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 good as the casting was when he was. <clears throat> When he was cast in First Class, the mm-hmm. X-Men film, and as good as that Magneto version was in that first movie, he hasn't really been particularly yeah. amazing in those movies yeah. either. And I, I do think he's the best thing about Covenant, which was a movie that I danced around my, my list tonight. Same here, man. But I do think... like Really? What, like what they did oh, yeah. with David was interesting mm-hmm. in that movie, and what he's doing is interesting. I hate that movie. But... Um, <laughs> But I don't know what is up. Like I feel like he was an actor that a couple three years ago it seemed like he's one of those guys who's just doing great work, and now he kind of seems like a guy who's just made a bunch of bad choices. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't think this movie really reflects him or his talent necessarily. I don't. Wow, it's 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 oh, in the oh, air. Wow. Yeah, but but, but uh, you can't but, blame any. I don't think you can blame any of the amazing cast that's yeah. in this movie. You're right. You're right. Like you really can't. No, you can't. Fastbender. Uh, Kilmer, r- r- yeah, Kilmer. at his best. <laughs> Damn man, he Rebecca got so... Ferguson, Toby Jones, J.K. Simmons, J.K. Simmons. Uh, what's her name? Charlotte Gainsbourg. J.K. Simmons doing a posh European or Scandinavian accent, oh, which you don't God. really want to hear. You, I, 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 no, I, I thought Rebecca body. Ferguson was one of the more interesting aspects of the movie, and I thought the way her character got treated was so horrible. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Like a character that needed more than that. I nothing, thought. nothing, nothing should have happened where it should have happened. Yeah, and no, nothing happened where it should have happened, and everything that shouldn't have happened actually happened. <laughs> um, what's her name? The what's the one who plays the twins in the movie? Uh, Chloe Sevigny. Chloe Sevigny. Yeah, she's in it. Okay. I love that, her. That whole that I love whole her, by the way. story. I'm gonna say the... jump ahead if you don't want to spoil her too, because this is this is okay. Chloe uh, Sevigny appears in the movie. Big fan. Uh, gets murdered. And then turns out to have a twin, played by Chloe Sevigny, who has like one line or one scene, early in the film. 
and that entire thing is gone. And that's gone. That's it. That whole bi- that whole thing is gone after they leave that scene. There's so much. There's so, it's so weird that like you know hearing the director say this stuff after the fact, it completely makes sense. You know, whatever, mm-hmm. but like, it, it is a movie where I literally in the movie was like, one did I fall asleep and miss something, right, right, and two no I didn't fall asleep. Yeah. What is happening? You guys describing this is killing me. It, like it, both it, of you describing this together. It, it is this though. It's it's it's, it's, it's the rare gem of a film mm-hmm. where it is so disjointed. Makes no sense, and it's like a serial killer mystery thriller. Right, right. Like it should be like edge of your seat, and like it should be like stringing um, me along to figure it out. Yeah, not like, like what is actually. It should be like <laughs> clockwork precision. Yes, right, and right, instead right. it's a mess. And you're right. Like you blink and you go, wait, and, are, why is Doc Kilmer on the screen? Is that character this character's <laughs> father? Is that a yeah. flashback? And you are going, and you're right. As as the, but it still moves ahead. Like a thriller. Why does he keep waking up drunk on the street? <laughs> why is he sleeping in like? A... Why is he? Why is he in an art studio? Right. <laughs> the... Why did that guy show up and like spray paint something where he was sleeping that like, one night? It's like no, he's that's his house. A guy's showing up. Are you talking about the guy in his house that's like fumigating? Or yes. Something like that? <laughs> what is that? What he was doing? There's a guy in his house. There's like mold or something, and he's but it's being fumigated or something. Wow. But I like, thought he was like a street artist spray painting his. But later, oh my god, John! Don't you dare try to tell me but, there's sense in this movie. No, but no, I'm saying there's not. There's actually a scene later that should have been creepy because he comes in later and it's the killer dressed up in that guy's right, costume right, right. and he's talking to him like he's the guy. And that moment should have been creepy, but instead it's incoherent. I mean, it's utterly incoherent. And what you're describing about thinking you fell asleep, it really is. I went back and and rewound it a couple times because I was like. Did I miss something? And then you know when you do that and you go back yeah. and you watch and you're like, no, no, I didn't miss anything. This is just, this is missing the scene where someone says, she's his daughter. You know, like it's missing the scene where someone says, we've got to go to the place for this reason. You know, it's all like, why are they at that place? Yeah. What is that place? Who is this character? I totally believe that the 10 to 15% that they forgot to shoot was the best stuff in that script. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's the movie of the year. For for the worst list Damn. for me, like every other thing I've talked about were, were bad movies, mm-hmm. but this is like a genuinely intriguing studio film released by a director who's made some really good films with an amazing cast, setting up a franchise of a best-selling novel that should be a ser- it should be like what Kiss the Girls and Along Came the Spider were in the '90s for Morgan mm-hmm. Freeman. Wow. It should be the, it should be that thing for Michael Fassbender. Mm-hmm. And it's so amazing to watch this movie just like fall apart before it was ever even put together. It's it's crazy. It's it's batshit crazy. So yeah. you watch you watch this. I watch Bright. Let's get back together and <laughs> say what's up. Like, if you like Bright, man, <laughs> oh fuck. Well, when we get together for the best list, I'm sure it's gonna be on it. Well, what's my assignment? I guess I'll watch Bright too. Yeah, yeah, yeah we gotta both watch Bright. And then I watch. I gotta watch this movie. It's. <laughs> Even the marketing for the movie was weird as shit. Yeah. Like this, the the, the, the creepy snowman. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And yeah. it's also one of those movies that, whatever the storyline is with regard to the killer and who it is, if you're playing that game of who could it be, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, it's oh, pretty yeah. obvious. 
So it's not, it's no. I mean, there's a couple of red herrings that are kind of convincing, but it's one of those movies that throws in a red herring plotline that's so or like that plotline. You have to squint your eyes to make it make sense with all the yeah. the J.K. Simmons character yeah. and stuff. That was an. It's like sometimes the red herring plotline serves to really get you deeper invested in a movie because you realize, oh shit. They were wrong, and now it's this guy. But instead, this just served to add to the confusion because you get to the point where you're like, "Was that important? I don't yeah. even know if it I, was a red herring or not." You I know, yeah. I was completely lost. Like, yeah, it, it was. It was a what a what an experience watching the snowman. Mm-hmm. You, you and and, and, and I say like I'll say it again like it was especially weird for me because like where I work, like people always talk about that book because it was like one of the big books for Random House. Yeah, and. People say like, "Oh, this this series is like a great book series," and like we're so excited to see the the snowman and like you know people were talking about going get this to see going, it. Yeah. yeah, like to see like one of our franchise books right, become right. a movie series. You know, like Fifty Shades was ours, and like look at what that did. Mm-hmm. You know, but like it's it's very weird to hear that and to go see this movie and be like, "What should have been?" You know, like they they I hear about it like it's this great thing, and I've never read the books, admittedly, but. Um, it, it couldn't be further from probably what those books are. Alf- yeah. Alfredson is like, I mean, Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy. Um, let, let me the right, in. Let, let the, the right, right one in. in. Yeah, like, these I are love these it. are well-made movies that show Damn. that he has a knack yeah. for, for like movie. ratcheting up tension yeah. and pacing and stuff. Other thing, just to kind of uh, uh, wrap up our thoughts on this film, we haven't talked about the character's name yet. the The lead character's name is Hull? Har- Harry Hole. Harry Hole. Now, now. Hole, it's spelled hole. H O L E. I think it's pronounced like hule in the act, like in its native tongue. It's hule. It's a more common name. But in this Why? movie, they pronounce it hole. Like they no one says no one says hule. One guy's like hole. And then it's Harry fucking hole. It's a literally about a butthole, Ronald. It's a this movie. It's about a butthole. Harry hole. <clears throat> Damn it, man. Ah. So yeah. <clears throat> the worst films of 2017, courtesy of yeah, your man. guys at Movie Schmovie. <sighs> wow, we did it. Thanks for enduring this. This yeah. was David Ayer. If you don't get the fuck out it's of here, it's a personal mission, Ronald. I want to thank you, Ronald, for enduring this because you were you were tired tonight. Oh You're man, hopped up on coffee. You got to get up early in the morning. We yeah. ran late. Why I do think... you have two phones? Oh, I'm one's a wor- <laughs> one's a work phone. Uh, oh, I forgot. You're really important now. Oh Jesus, I hate it. Yeah, I sorry. have it two phones. How's up on coffee? Oh no, I was just Snow saying. I just want to. I just want to thank you for h- hanging in there, Ronald. You 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 stayed present. Thanks for having me. And man. you know, most importantly, when you talked about Bright, I could tell you were still awake. Yeah. Oh man. Sometimes feel- by this point, you're kind of yeah. Kinda I'm like, like oh. <laughs> I do feel like he ran out of his words, but I think that had to do more with Bright than, than he was just getting frustrated and trying to yes, <laughs> trying to describe Bright. I can't. Ninety million dollars. You gotta pay. Well, you got. You pay Will Smith. Boy. You have to. You, you really pay. do. And I get it. I get it. But man, Will. Smith. Yeah, dude. Can't wait to see it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so those those were our worst movies of the year. You can find us at moviesmovie.com, facebook.com slash moviesmovie. If you again, if you saw like we said with the TV episode, if you saw a movie that was worse than anything we've mentioned. Tell us, I probably won't watch it unless you sell it as well as Ronald sold Bright to me, right. and hopefully we've sold Snowman to Ronald. But um, let us know if you have something. Um, you can pretty much find this podcast on any any platform, whatever you choose. Let's do Apple Apple uh, Podcasts or Spotify, Spotify, Google. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. If, if it's not, let us know, and, and Ronald will try to get it on there. Yeah, I'll try my best. Um, 
Get excited, though, because the next episode... It's the big show. It's the one... There's a couple that we look forward to every year, but I think it's one of this our favorite is, ones one where we get to really kind of go deep on our favorite films of 2017. And, and like we were saying in the last episode at the, at the beginning, we've been watching some movies, trying to get as much in as we can to kind of make sure we see everything that we need to see to kind of give you a, a well-rounded picture of, of what we're we We're not find. professionals. People don't send us screeners. We don't get we don't get a bunch of advances right, on these right, movies. Right. We have yeah. to go to the movies. We have to work our little movie passes. Mm. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, we like to take this extra time. But I think we're, that proves that we're the more populist movie podcast oh, because yeah. a lot of these yeah. critic-based yeah, podcasts, yeah, yeah. they had their best ofs last year. Late in the year, yeah, and they also sound like this. Well, the movie of 2017. That's what they sound like. Let me hear that one more time. Well, the movies of 2017. Okay, and they they really sound like that. I don't know, what 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 common composite is that? Well, well, actually, it was an allegory uh, for the movies of 2016. <laughs> uh, it, it's pronounced mother, not mother. <laughs> You must get it right. <laughs> I don't really go see movies as much. I go see cinema. <laughs> We're not that show. But maybe we should do a whole episode in character. It'll be our most popular episode ever. Oh, God. Uh, and as always, you've made our day. Bye. <laughs>